I want to talk about Jägermeister. Dad, what do you know about Jägermeister? I mean, well, really, all I know, it's got a really awesome stag logo. What, what else do I need to know about Jägermeister? Well, uh, you should know that you've been drinking it all wrong this entire time. Damn, that's cold. There's a right and wrong way to drink it? Yes, there is, Dad. You should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit, to be exact. Huh? Well, you know what? That explains a lot. I've just been pulling it straight off the shelf. Oh, Dad, I'm so glad I got to you in time. No, that is entirely wrong. The only way to serve Jägermeister is ice cold. So wherever you're at, if you're hanging out with friends or you're at the bar or you're helping your dear sweet father try and get right, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're listening to DraftKings Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo with Mike Golick Jr. That is me. With me, as always, super producer Brandon Newman. And here on a Friday, uh, since I'm staying at his house, Mike Golick Sr. Uh, wandered out to the casita to see what was going on. It is not because you're staying at my house because you couldn't get anybody else today. Let's just be honest with everybody, okay? I'm that guy. I'm the, oh, shit, we can't get anybody. Let's get my dad. I mean, you're also a, a two-time... Radio Hall of Famer and mm. uh, just like uh, with ten year vet, like I, I don't know, like your accolades go on and on. Well, I I, I set it up just like that, so that's exactly what you'd say to make you look <laughs> okay, good. Yes. So thank you for falling right into my trap. <laughs> there we go. That. Just that's a, the pro move right there. Fishing for compliments yeah. here, left and right. <laughs> um, we don't have to fish for compliments because we got a great show for you guys here today. Um, our alma mater made some news with an op-ed, which we got to talk about a little bit. Tom Brady getting back into the big leagues. Uh, and Twitter is getting ready to apparently do the thing again, maybe. Uh, but in the meantime, 
holy shit, guys, we had a vintage, tried and true, incredible March Madness moment yeah. happen last night. Michigan State and Kansas State, the game of the tournament so far, a 98-93 win for Kansas State in overtime. And I think it's fair to say at this point, well, in multiple ways, but Marquise Noel etched his name into the history of the tournament. I mean, the dude is 5'7", and his dishing in this game was unbelievable. He set a record for most assists in a tournament game with 19. And the last one was on an inbounds pass, which I'm not going to lie, I wasn't sure yeah. an inbounds pass counted as an assist. Some of his other dimes were unbelievable. The Insane. one that was great was when he was when it looked like he was looking at his coach and that like his coach and him were talking to one another, and then he Darn. lost almost a half court alley oop for the 18th, uh, uh, the tying assist. It was unbelievable. I can say a reverse slam alley oop to Keontae Johnson, who also ho hum had 22 points in this win. Uh, what about how 15 or at the beginning of the second half? Yeah, he was helped off of the court after rolling yeah. his ankle severely, and then throw makes a play when at when he came back. He missed the layup, got his rebound, and with uh, two seconds left on the clock, threw up a, a a three pointer off the backboard on one foot and jumped on one leg down the rest of the court like. It was all-time grit performance. And we got to know him a little bit last week. Nicole Arbach over at The Athletic did an awesome article on his background, right? He was a New York kid from Harlem who was coming back to play his first ever game in Madison Square Garden. He grew up idolizing Kemba Walker and the run that he went on UConn. Actually, with his coach, watch tape of Kemba Walker's UConn run to get himself ready for what he wanted to be for this team in the tournament. And like you said, to step up injured in that moment and to not only go out and just finish the game, but to be the driving force and the reason, as his coach called him, you're the arrow. We are going to follow you where you go. And to do that on one leg, you could see it like you already were putting one shining moment behind the background of that shot. You saw so many of those tournament highlight moments happen in real time. It was that meme from the office where I say, I wish someone would tell us we're in the good times while we're still in them. You yes. knew it in this moment. You knew it was something special. Yeah, he was something else. I mean, what with when uh, Michigan State scored to tie it up with five seconds to go, he took the inbound pass only a few feet inbounds, and he went the length of the court in five seconds and 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 got right at the rim and did make it. Not going to lie, listen, nobody <laughs> plays the perfect game. He yeah. threw up some ugly three-pointers. I mean, he, no, he I, threw I, up some oh, long-distance ugly three-pointers. He, that that one got that air ball got blocked, so it wasn't an air no, ball. No, not that one. That, but there, the one okay. there was the like one before three. That. There were like three yeah, before yeah. that. There were some <laughs> ugly ones. Hey, yeah. I'll give you the chestnut checkers. He had to get them to believe he would pull up from that true. distance to continue to allow him to drive yeah. the, the yeah. lane the way he did. True. Marquise Noel playing chess, not checkers. Uh, also playing defense. The, he ended that game right. Yeah, like five steals on the night. One-on-one -on -one defense on the last shot attempt. You're so right. Because on the other side, A.J. Hogard from Michigan State had an awesome game. Right. 25 Amazing. points was every bit his equal down the stretch. But in that moment, yeah, of course you would want to try and ISO the dude that played the second half with a bum ankle. And he still manages to get the strip and actually put a basket in at the buzzer that I think Oof. took him over. He, at that point, I think had more assists than he had points. And yeah. he ended with 20 and 19. Yeah, that yeah, was impressive. And then on the other note, I'm starting to wonder, is UConn back 
men and women Yo. together. Now, I don't think anybody's beaten South Carolina on the women's side, and South Carolina True. beat UConn in the regular season, but they're playing well. Not not at the top where Geno's had them, but the men certainly are coming back up. At five minutes into the second half, Arkansas had 33 points. I mean, they were getting mm. absolutely smoked by UConn, and so the, the men, men are coming back. Yeah, I, they, I, I think I saw Tom Fornelli over at CBS Sports say you could make an argument. UConn has been at worst the second best team yeah. in college basketball since February. Dan Hurley has got the yep. dogs barking yet again out there. So uh, it, we'll it's, talk about we'll talk about this run. How poetic will it be if Kansas State ends up running into UConn for the final game? Oh my God! I say exactly with the Kemba Walker love on that side yeah. Yeah. for Isaiah Noel would be. Really, really, it it was just nice to see. It felt big, and it was a game that mm-hmm. deserved overtime. It was uh, uh, Sweet No, Yeah, it was. Yeah. This is the perfect start. That was the yeah. first game that tipped off yeah. the Sweet 16, and boy, did it send it off on an awesome, positive note. So uh, congratulations to Marquise Noel. Really excited for him. You could see swaggering about there. He, he owned the moment, yeah. and that's what this year is supposed to be. It's supposed to be players elevating their status a guy that started off playing his college basketball at little rock because coming out of high school nobody wanted him at this level and he had to transfer in at this level and ends up getting to a point now where he has been i think the name of the tournament that people met and have fallen in love with so far really really cool so congratulations to kansas state i actually ordered home field apparel kansas state merch during that game so it was cool it's good looking shirt it's effective marketing for the good brand yeah I was I was literally about to say I want a jersey like I need a Noel jersey just like one of those specialty ones. It's just everybody everybody knows when you see it if you know you know. Hey, crispy when they go with the script either on their helmets during Ooh. football season or on yeah. the jerseys during basketball season you know it's a wrap. So congratulations to them. Awesome uh, continuation of March Madness. Before we get to the op-ed pieces. <laughs> Brandon, I just wanted to check in with you because we have our weekly installment of weird things happening in the Lamar Jackson saga in the NFL. And this last time on Dragon Ball Z, we get another memo from the NFL. Um, The NFL sent out a memo to teams on Thursday notifying them that a person who is not certified by the NFLPA might be attempting to persuade team personnel, personnel into entering the contract negotiations on behalf of Lamar Jackson. The name was Ken Francis, who is not a certified <laughs> agent with the NFLPA and might be contacting teams in, uh, in regards to Lamar Jackson. Now, Lamar Jackson came out and tweeted, stop lying, that man never tried to negotiate for me, and quickly put the kibosh on that on Twitter. Brandon, as you roll your eyes here, are you not believing, one, that Ken Francis is a person, or two, that he was actually negotiating on Lamar's behalf? I feel like Ken Francis is definitely a, a pseudonym for someone. Maybe it's Omni Saint's real name. <laughs> like, you mean I, I, Saint, Saint Omni. Saint oh, Omni, excuse yeah. Me, excuse yeah, me. Yeah. I, I, meant, I meant to say Omni, comma Saint. Uh, but no, I, I, <laughs> I, I don't know exactly what's going on, but I have to trust uh, Lamar and his business partner who is uh, selling the entire gym right now on, on, on Twitter. I'm sure you saw that. Oh yeah, what's the no? What's the name of it? Is it the entire gym? Yes, the entire gym. So yeah, this was the other part of it. So there's a lot of levels to this. Lamar Jackson then tweeted out a picture, a video, 
advertising the product that he says he and Ken Francis are promoting called the entire gym, which was essentially what looked like a rollout boombox on wheels that might have had some bands attached to it. It looked like such a fake SNL infomercial that I actually started to believe, oh, they are doing this as a front so that Ken Francis can negotiate for him. Like all of a sudden I felt like the NFL had some validity. I have no idea what's going on with Lamar. <laughs> I mean, literally no idea what's going on because we're talking about anything but an actual contract offer or forgetting that, a team actually being interested in him. So I, I, I don't know where the hell this is going or where the hell it's going to end up. Are we, are we past the point where, like, obviously we don't know who can speak for him. I'm imagining his mother. But, like, it's past the point where he can start. It's not tampering anymore. He can start No, no that, was la- that was last week or, or right. at least yeah. last week. And here's here's what I'm you – know, I, I said this on other interviews and podcasts, and, and I don't think people take too kindly to it because everybody thinks Baltimore screwed up, right? Baltimore may have done yeah. the best move of the world right here. Baltimore couldn't get a deal with him because of what he wanted. So, in essence, they said, go find someone else to get a deal. And, oh, by the way, we have lasties. (laughs) We can match it and keep you. So, go ahead and find that deal that you say you want from us that we think is too rich and see if somebody else will pay it. And then we'll decide if we want to pay it or not. And then everybody's saying, oh, well, there'll be bad blood. No, there won't. You know why there won't be bad blood? Because if Baltimore matches it, Lamar either plays for Baltimore or doesn't get any money at all. And I don't see that happening. So oh, Baltimore uh, could have made, made the, the, the smartest move here. I do. I still do, ma- I still do maintain in all of this. If it comes down and they don't get a long-term deal, he won't play on the tag. I, gar- oh, I almost guarantee that, he'd that's sit That's different. I, I mean, if, if someone offers him a deal oh, and Baltimore okay. matches it, yeah. Oh, yeah. then, then no. that's the only and, team he can play for. But you're right. Him playing on the 32 mil tag. That's a tough pill to swallow to not play in a 32 mil tag, though. I'll tell you that. Much. I just feel like at this point he's gone so far down the road of clearly wanting to be a, be a trailblazer and go, clearly wanting to be a guy who resets the market. Listen, go that ask, I could see him do the Le'Veon Bell. Go ask Le'Veon Bell how well that worked out, though. Le'Veon no, Bell plays running back, though, and this guy yeah, plays no, quarterback. No, and the thought of him then on the other side getting to true free agency, to me, because I don't think he'd be in the same position where he'd have enough time accrued to be able to get to free agency. That was right. something that became an issue true. at the end of Le'Veon Bell's time, so we'd have to double-check that. But <laughs> it, it, it's still funny that we've gotten to this point now now because this whole idea of Ken Francis and the St. Omnis of the world, like that's the thing that made me laugh about this notice from the league, the memo sent out, is we just went through this with St. Omni last year negotiating apparently on behalf of Roquan Smith and the league sending out this memo. And then last week we saw St. Omni not only attributed as the guy who uh, gave Rappaport the sourced information about the Laramie Tunsil contract extension, but by Laramie Tunsil's own admission said yes he was absolutely a part of the process of helping me secure this deal so what good did it do the nfl then it's like the notion of legal tampering yeah, where yeah. it's it's a hilarious farce people are going to do this anyway yes, they are. and if you're someone that really wants lamar's services i think the max they can find you is forty-seven thousand dollars. that is not a deterrent no no listen 
the Baltimore Ravens clearly want Lamar Jackson as their quarterback because they have no other options at quarterback. And Lamar Jackson is who he is, was 46 and 15 as a starter. All that stuff doesn't matter other than the fact that Lamar Jackson is literally the blood cells in the bloodstream that is the heart of the Baltimore Ravens right now as a franchise. Yeah, I agree. I, with that. I think it's the smartest move possible. Like you I, said, well, I, I said it when it happened. I, I, smart, I, I, smartest what, move possible still would have been signing him after year three, getting this done then and having okay. a deal that costs comparatively less. Can we all at least agree on that? I, I would definitely agree on that. And before I give Baltimore too, too much credit, let's also remember that while Lamar was on the rookie deal, which he's still on now, but when he was earlier in the rookie deal, they didn't do shit to help him at the wide receiver position. They, they didn't spend money. They didn't bring yeah. guys in. Because that's when you can make hay. When those rookies, are, are your, your quarterback's on the rookie deal and they're playing really well, that's when you can bring in some of those big bigger-time players. And all they had was Mark Andrews. I know they had Marquise yeah, Brown, I don't, but I, I, you know, they ended up trading him away. But I don't think they did enough to help Lamar. They lived off the running game and they lived <laughs> off Mark Andrews. Okay, because I'm going to cape up for them in some way, shape, or form, I want to say during that time period, I feel like Ozzie Newsom was stepping down and there was some like the changing of hands of decisions being made. It was it got it was really hairy during those well, like that, those that, three or four that, that, years. That doesn't mean you still don't do business. You you can't take time off of doing business because you're making a change. I mean I you say can't say time out. We gotta I would say the, smart, would say the smart decision maker was no longer making decisions during but that you're, time. But you're period. agreeing that the best decision wasn't made then. Oh, absolutely. I yeah, mean, the Baltimore okay. Ravens are, yeah, 100%. But I think the one is making back right now, like, it's not that they don't, it's not that the Baltimore Ravens don't want Lamar. Like, they don't want Lamar at what he thinks he's valued at. So, like, go figure out, like, go I see. Agree. Like, I please, agree. like, go yep. figure it out. But I, like, I we, guess we're not worried about the bad blood. <clears throat> yeah, I, I guess just at this point, it's funny that we're seeing now all of these methods that look like from the league side trying to control the situation even more yeah like when people first saw all those teams stand up and raise their hands everyone thought oh this kind of smells a little colludy this smells like a bunch of people who want right. to ensure that fully guaranteed contracts don't happen and then much like we saw where oh now like i understand why the nflpa has the list of certified agents right. because especially for guys that aren't in positions of power you want to have a database that shows hey this person's reputable they're not going to be taking advantage of you there's right. we've gone and we vetted them there is an absolute i think justified purpose for that but on this other side this is also someone we don't know and can't control and how Lamar Jackson may or may not be using this person the same way that we didn't know how Laramie Tunsil or Roquan Smith may or may not have been using this person named St. Omni. All of a sudden, when it's outside of NFL control, you see how quickly the guardrails come up in yeah, these situations. And oh, by the way, kudos to Roquan Smith and Laramie Tunsil. Yes. The deals they got. I mean, bravo. Like I, I mean, and I, bravo. The way Lamar Jackson, the way, the way Lamar Jackson publicly handled the Roquan Smith deal, like, I have no doubt in my mind that he's talking to Roquan, like, hey, like, you know, how did you go about this? Like, how who who's your guy? Like, I feel like there's there's some connected tissue there. Because well, remember, it's different guys, unless we believe that Ken Francis is a uh, <laughs> pseudonym right. for right. St. Right. which would be incredible. Like, I want that to be the case, by the way. I want yeah. Ken yeah. Francis to, to either to either be like a bunch of kids on top of each other wearing a trench coat, like Vincent yes. Adultman, or... <laughs> Or or uh, Bobon, uh, not Bobon, is it? Yeah, the, the, there's a State Farm commercial. Oh yeah, that's um, right, Bobon. So let me yeah. let me ask you both real quick. 
if another team offers, says, we'll give up the two first rounders and we're offering him same amount of years as Deshaun Watson, but we'll pay 250 all guaranteed. Baltimore match? Say that one more time. Uh, I was looking down at a text. If, if, if there's another team that jumps in and says, we'll give you the two first rounders and the deal they offer uh, Lamar is same amount of years as Deshaun Watson, but 20 million more, 250 all guaranteed. Does and Baltimore two first rounders. Yeah, they have to get the two first rounds. That, that that's not even negotiable. Do, do, does Baltimore match? Because I I think Baltimore said go get a deal and, and and we'll match it. Maybe unless it's too rich. So I'm asking, do is think, that? Do you think they? Match? I think they're willing to. I think they're willing to take the hit and match regardless, just because that's what they know has to happen. But it's, I I, I think they'd be surprised that they have to come out of pocket as much. Uh, I do as well because I, I, I think they did this not believing another team would 100%. do it. Maybe because right. of collusion. But I've even said I don't think the owners needed to call one another to decide right. we don't want guaranteed right. contracts. But if it does happen, I think Baltimore matches. I'd be super interested. I think at the end of the day, you're probably right. But that's also the point where it gets interesting because if you're fully guaranteeing a deal, then you can start to play the funny money games that we know could screw Baltimore over because they've still got cap limitations. Right, if you exactly. are a team coming into this with much more cap space in the first couple of years, you can guarantee a certain amount right at signing. Right. You can do some things up front you that might make this hard on Baltimore. That's so true. I that's think true. that could be a rock and hard yeah. play situation. And I can't wait to find out from Ken Francis how this is going to go. So again, the league sending out a memo to this man uh, or about this man, Ken Francis, uh, who's apparently a business associate of Lamar Jackson as they market the entire gym, which again, go watch the video on Lamar's uh, Twitter page and tell me that doesn't look like a front. Like, I want to believe that Lamar Jackson is doing business with this person, but appearing in this ad for this product does not yeah. seem like it's on the up and up. Like, this is when I go buy all those mattress stores in every town, and I'm wondering how all these mattress stores existed once before I realize that someone's money's probably getting washed. Yeah, something's there. happening or something's going on in the back room. Yeah. 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 It just doesn't, no, the, the, it doesn't seem... Yeah, that commercial was done that afternoon. Like, it was like after yeah. the NFL <laughs> put out that. Like, it was just like... Yeah, that's the large one person. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, so need the inter we need the interview and apologies to me if she is someone of note that I didn't notice but I didn't spend a lot of time noticing the other woman in the ad who was modeling the exercise equipment she was doing band workouts while Lamar Jackson did sit-ups and threw to receivers in this open field we need the story about who that is because maybe she's the key to unlocking Ken Francis and all this mystery <laughs> listen I don't know what the hell's going on but I'm gonna say this as 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 uh both whatever I've been talking about how like yeah the, the Ravens did the right thing we don't care bad blood Lamar please don't leave just like <laughs> relax just take it day by day like don't let your emotions emotions are are, are terrible masters right like yeah, we don't want to let them like drive our decision making when logistically everything that you need is right in front of you outside of this this amazing a dollar amount that you think you're worth because well, Deshaun Jackson and the dumbass Cleveland Browns made a terrible deal. Well, I mean, Deshaun Watson didn't make a terrible deal. It no. was Haslam that made the terrible deal. And oh, by the way, I get what you're saying, but they still don't have receivers in Baltimore. They still don't have receivers in Baltimore. They have a, part, a running the, game, hopefully, why, and Mark Andrews. Well, they I, do not have a passing game. 
they at least finally went out and got Todd Munkin. Like they, yeah. the one part of it true. they did address was what we had been begging That's for for true. years, which is develop the passing game a little bit more in the playbook. And as we've seen with Georgia over the last few seasons, Todd Munkin, who also background in the NFL, was a coach in this league for a long time. It felt wrong that all of this was coming to a head while it seemed like at least in one spot we were finally getting what we wanted for Lamar Jackson. He's he's He is tied in steroids. At least he was in college. Like the way Todd Munkin like, draws stuff up and those tight ends are involved in the offense, I think it's perfect for the system right now. It would be good. Again, according to the the other place where the rubber might meet the road in this memo is a violation of this rule may result in the disapproval of any offer sheet in the resulting player contract entered into by Mr. Jackson and the new club. That's what and they the can fine. threaten. That's yeah, and and the fine, which is like forty seven thousand yeah. dollars, which doesn't mean shit. If fine you're in their if you're about to sign a two hundred and thirty million dollar quarterback, forty seven grand ain't shit <laughs> to you. But I also say this again to say. How are you going to prove any of this if we just saw this happen with a record-setting tackle contract with St. Omni, who was the last person that we saw mentioned in a memo like this? Like, I know people thought that was a bleep you to the league and however you interpret it, but it was at least proof that this is not a deterrent for any of the parties involved that are actively going on with this. So we'll wait and see what happens in the weirdest cases of what Lamar tweets next in response to reports clearly leaked out by other people in this situation. Uh, in the meantime, though, guys, we got to address the Notre Dame-sized elephant in the room. So... I want to talk about Jägermeister. Dad, what do you know about Jägermeister? I mean, well, really, all I know is it's got a really awesome stag logo. What, what else do I need to know about Jägermeister? Well, uh, you should know that you've been drinking it all wrong this entire time. Damn, that's cold. There's a right and wrong way to drink it? Yes, there is, Dad. You should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit, to be exact. Huh? Well, you know what? That explains a lot. I've just been pulling it straight off the shelf. Oh, Dad, I'm so glad I got to you in time. No, that is entirely wrong. The only way to serve Jägermeister is ice cold. So wherever you're at, if you're hanging out with friends or you're at the bar or you're helping your dear sweet father try and get right, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Yesterday, Notre Dame Athletic Director and Jack Swarbrick and University of Notre Dame President Father John Jenkins authored an op-ed in the New York Times concerning amateurism and the collegiate student-athlete model. Now, before we get to any of the contents of this, Dad, did you see the graphics that they chose to use at the top of this article? I, you know what? I did not. No, All right. I did not. It's, 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 some, it's some silly shit. It oh. really is. I was, I was, when I saw the headline of the article, I was too, too in, in, busy saying, oh my God, I got to read the article. So <laughs> the art, title of the article is, College Sports Are a Treasure, Don't Turn Them Into the Minor Leagues. Which, we can have plenty of debates about the content of this article, but Dad, please look at the graphic. The hell is that? It's a bunch of sports balls with turned faces. into real life with faces. Turned into, like, cartoon. Yeah, they're... What the hell is that? 
It's it's okay. Who from Disney. the New York Times? I demand to know names because it was already going to be a tough enough day for us on God's internet. We didn't need that. That wasn't a choice that Father Jenkins and Jack Swarbrick made. How dare y'all put that? And, evil and on that's them. probably what people will say. Look look at Notre Dame's graphics. Right. You know, they had nothing to do with that. We got enough to deal with with the article. Don't put the graphics. Right. On look at our National Signing Day output. We do graphics very well. How dare you? But um, <laughs> anyway, once you get beyond the offensive graphics at the top of this, um, you get to the crux of the article, which basically lays out a lot of arguments I think we've heard in the past oh, yeah. about amateurism in college sports, about this idea. And, and I think the crux of this was Jack Swarbrick and Father Jenkins saying they want to see universities at the college level really go back to what they believe is true amateurism, a place where... The school portion of this matters, where the athletes aren't turned full on into professionals or pseudo-professionals or however you want. And they called on a number of entities, including the NCAA, Congress, who is constantly being lobbied to put some guardrails on the NIL rules that are the source of all of this angst for Jack Swarbrick. And I think a lot of the people inside college athletics that he speaks for. So, Dad, as you saw this first come out, what was your first thought about the timing of this and the stance that Notre Dame chose I, to I, take? I wasn't real enthralled with the stance that Notre Dame took. I mean, Jack basically said what we've all been saying. NIL money is basically money, that, money that's been handed out under the table illegally is now just put on top of the table. And basically saying how this could, this could lead to, to ruin, ruining you know, college sports. But Calling on the NCAA to do anything is a joke because the NCAA itself is a joke. Uh, so uh, that that's not going to happen. I mean, they couldn't be Pontius Pilate fast enough on NIL and washing their hands of it saying, we're not dealing with it, you guys deal with it, or the government deal with it. I am not a fan, uh, and, and I don't want it to see happen. One thing I do agree with, I do not want to see student athletes turned into employees. I, I don't want to see that at schools. Why? So, I mean, doesn't doesn't because we are. I so I, I guess this is this is kind of the crux of it for me because I think with Jack's article, the crucial point for him is we believe, and this is kind of what he brought up in there. They dispute the notion that athletes are employees. This is where the rubber meets the road on why I think this article came out when it did. Okay is earlier this week, Bamani Jones, who on Game Theory last week, his show on HBO, did a monologue about how NIL had become pay for play and it was allowing universities to skate the responsibility to actually foot the bill for these athletes. And they're able to offload what essentially amounts to salary to third party booster groups to these collectives that are paying out players. He then authored that same opinion in an op-ed in the New York Times, I believe on Monday of this week. So fast forward now to Thursday to get in the same paper in the op-eds, the polar opposite position at a time where we know, and in this letter, Father Jenkins and Jack Swarbrick urge Congress to protect the NCAA's ability to regulate competition for new players, ensure it remains fair across the board. This seemed like a bit of call and response. This seemed like they wanted the other side of this argument out there. And the argument of the crux of all of this is, do you believe that college players as it stands right now are employees or not? So, so first off, and it's something you and I disagree on, 
I, I have no problem with other entities paying the money because if the school starts paying in it, we start dropping other sports. I don't want that. And I know you and I have disagreed on that and we'll continue to disagree on that. I don't want other sports because they're not the revenue sports to not be able to field teams because of that. That is something that Jack also mentioned yes. in this letter. It's a refrain <laughs> that we often hear, which is, Title IX brought on the advent of all these other sports. These money-making sports like football and basketball subsidize the other sports on right. campus here, which is another spot where we have to ask, should these sports be forced to essentially pay the bill for all the rest of the sports on campus? When we see at other levels, Division II, Division Three, where budgets are far lesser, there are still plenty of schools that field teams in women's athletics, teams in sports that aren't raking in a ton of money. Listen, if you could figure out a way to keep all the teams and, and not cut, but I, I, I wrestled at Notre Dame. My brother Bob wrestled. You know, we now that was Title IX, right? Which, which is certainly a different thing than than what we're talking about now. But I've seen the other sports go away, and and, I, and it's horrible because the other athletes, in my opinion, work just as hard as the revenue athletes. They're just not skilled in that sport than the other sport that they're skilled in. So that's something we wouldn't agree on. Now, yeah. as far as at pay as far as employees is it now is it a better way to have the school is it a set number you pay every position is it the better they are they get paid more i mean if you're talking about employees in a workplace if you all have an all-american do you have to bump his pay can he renegotiate his deal well i mean so I, and and now you're paying health insurance for everybody and are you paying that for how long you paying that while they're there you paying that in the nfl you get it for five years after and they're trying to get more so do you pay it more for after i mean the expenses that you have coming out of the school so so this is where it gets interesting is you're right that would all be conversations that start to get had and I would wonder at this point if you talk to some of the coaches at big time schools that have seen these collectives come in and start paying big money would they rather have that control because right now mm. we see with the transfer portal and with all this the whole idea is this stuff's not supposed to be able to use to be able to be used to entice recruits we clearly see that in some cases yeah, that is. has become the case right and yes. for coaches who have i think struggled with a lack of control college coaches have always had control over all the pieces in their little kingdom i do wonder how many of them would say hey this would be a lot easier if we had a salary cap we had contracts that we signed with these players we could negotiate with them at the front end of this and then that way the pieces would be set and you wouldn't have to worry about at the end of every fall am i going to lose half my players to the portal am i going to lose these guys there the part about health insurance is interesting because jack swarbrick essentially said we need the NCAA or the athletic conferences to create a national medical trust fund to benefit the mm. athletes who are injured while playing regardless of sport, school size, or standing. Oh, I agree with that. But I absolutely agree with it's that. It's the same thing though, that. But so let, let me but for how long? I would say it sounds like it, that part he didn't say as I, I saw mean, in the article. Right now it's none. I mean, right now you you get hurt and you leave school and you're done. But but does it change the portal? So a guy gets a salary at a school, but he's a backup. So what stops him from negotiating with another school? If to he's, try to try and get get in the portal, I want to negotiate with another school. I'm going to go play somewhere. Well, if he's an employee with a contract at that point, 
then it's right. a little bit different. We see guys with the power in the NFL able to kind of force their way out, but even there it's become extremely difficult. So now the thought I think would be, well, if you've got better players, if you've got a five-star quarterback like Arch Manning coming out of high school, if you're a school, I'd imagine you'd want to try to sign him for the three years before he's NFL eligible. If you've got a three-star, if you've got me coming out of high school and you're Notre Dame, like we used to have with scholarships that for a long time when you and I were playing Brandon and when you were playing dad mm -hmm. were one-year deals. Right. They were a string of one-year mm -hmm. deals right. that could be revoked at any time for almost any reason. Maybe then for players of my caliber, you would say, hey, we're going to go in on a one-year deal. And if it works out for us, we'll try and come back to the table for you. And if not, then you're free to explore in the portal. Boy, the power you give the players, Ed, because of the money you get for a TV contract. Let me just say one word. And I went through it and your Uncle Bob went through it twice. The players don't like what's going on. Strike. That's see. That's the biggest difference I think in all of this is one of the things that constantly gets talked about with all of these conversations is how difficult it would be. You know this in the NFL. You're dealing with what two thousand some odd players right. in an NFL PA that you're trying in college. Yeah. College. You have now multiple levels. Even if it's just the Power Five. Right. You've got. 80, what, 88? 85 scholarships at 128-ish teams, so yeah. do the math. So do the math on that. You've got infinitely more players with an even bigger chasm between them than, let's say, the quarterbacks in the NFL and the rest of the rank and file there. I think it would be extremely difficult for them to gain any sort of meaningful leverage with there and get to the point where they'd be willing to strike for so, so many of so these guys. The other, I'm sorry, Brandon. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, no, I was saying it's one of those things where, like, the, the – Top players do have the power. Uh, and obviously not in the big picture when it comes to NCAA, but especially on those individual teams. And and to go back to the at the employee part of it, I feel like the athletes that are on the teams that make money for the university are made to feel like employees. Like I, I felt very much like an employee at Notre Dame, so much so that when I wasn't seeing the field, I was made to feel like a bad employee. Like I need to I need to shape up or ship out or 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 you know make less of a footprint on the team in general. Yeah, you know what? That happens at high school as well. If you're one of the better players or a player out of high school and you're a contributor and all of a sudden you're, you know, in the tub, you know, at better high schools, that the same thing happens. You know, that, that I think that's inherent in, a, in any sport, but I understand your point. Now, also, we have to understand that of the 120, say, again, 128-ish, half make money. I'm talking football programs. Make Not all 128 make money. Yeah. So now if you're putting a salary cap and making it the same for everybody, I'll ask oh, again. Well, I, I would say I don't think it's I don't think we're talking about that. I think what we've clearly seen, we've already heard administrators and people publicly utter power too. We're talking about at best the power five in this conversation. And may, depending on how you feel, the other end of this could just be. Hey, the Big Ten and the SEC, who are clearly the rulers right, of the right, castle right, right now, really being the driving force behind that portion of things. Yeah, well, listen, if it's less, I'm just going off what it is. You and I have had this discussion as well about all the Power Fives getting together and breaking off, and I said it'll never happen because five commissioners would never be able to agree on everything, and Sankey certainly isn't going to listen to anybody else. So, But if you're talking about maybe two, two. we'll see. I'm still talking about until we get there, let's get there. Until that, I'm talking about all of Division One, where you have half the teams losing money, now you have a salary cap, and now, again, are other sports going to get nailed because of that? Or is this only going to come into play if there are a smaller amount of Division One teams? So I don't want to get too far down the yeah, rabbit hole yeah. of debating the merit of pay-for-play and rather focus on what was proposed here. Because 
you bring up the point, and we constantly get to this point about where the money would come from in other places. And one of the points that I disagreed with as it was framed here was, and it's constantly framed, Jack Swarbrick is not the first person to author these ideas. He's someone with a tremendous amount of respect around college football who I think speaks for a lot more people than just himself or just the University of Notre Dame. But what I would always say is, there was no mention in this as we talk about not making athletes employees so that you're losing out money that could go to these other programs. There is no talk of, well, we would finally decrease bloated coaching salaries to try and recoup some of that revenue as those have ballooned to tens Man. of millions of yeah. dollars That's for these guys happen. over years. There, there, there was no talk about reining that in. There was no talk about reining the rampant spending on alien facilities that go up constantly in the arms race for these things. It's always just put at, well, if the athletes get something, now we're going to be in trouble. Everyone else has been getting all of this something for a long time. And to your point, it has not been the same for the coach of the women's basketball team at a lot of schools versus the head coach of the football team at a lot of schools versus the head coach of the fencing team at a lot of schools. Like, There's not been equity in those places. And so once again, we're asking it in places where we don't do it of the adults at these same institutions. And that to me just becomes the part where if you were to offer that up, maybe I'd be a little bit more willing to listen to the yes. rest of it. But no one else is being made to be accountable for the way that things have in their view not in my view run amok in the world of college athletics that's why i've been looking at this whole thing sideways because it's it seems as if the likes of jack swarbrick are threatened by the students making athletes as um, the student athletes making money as if money is coming out of their pockets or the pockets of the coaches and, and all these other administrators that are you know sitting nice and sitting pretty on a notre dame ave just to just to throw a location out there. My question is, and this is, and obviously it's all our alma mater. Like, why, why Jack Swarbrick? Like, why is he coming oh. out uh, pounding this message of from a university like Notre Dame's, who obviously does care about you know academics to an extent, at least from the outer what people see. Talking about the house, what happens in the house versus what happens outside the house. Like we want to, we want to continue to promote that we care about athletics in a different way than the rest of the schools. But if you're just paying attention to the landscape, we've hurt ourselves in that regard as well. We haven't won the way that other schools have been able to win because of this farce of athletics. Well, I don't think it's a farce right, with so Notre academics, Dame. academics, I, ag academics. I will say this. It's not a farce at Notre Dame. We know that. We know that for a fact that you are held to those high yeah, standards you there. Are. You asked why Jack Swarbrick. I think it's because Jack is one of the two most tenured voices in college athletics. It's him. Greg, Jack Swarbrick's essentially been a Power 5 commissioner for his yeah, tenure yeah, at yeah. Notre Dame. The way that he mm. is involved in the decisions around the college football playoff, he's mm. in all the important rooms. Him and Greg, San Greg Sankey are the two most tenured guys in this thing. All the rest of these commissioners are new. And so again, I believe that Jack Swarbrick speaks for a lot more people in and around college athletics who feel this way and who have wanted guardrails put up around NIL for a while. I think because he has the status that he has in the room, that's why you would have someone like him author this kind of statement. I, I, I think it, we, we are going around in a circle in the fact that he's looking for somebody to make rules, right? When, when, when I was at, at an event in Vegas where all the Pac-12 uh, um, or, or the commissioners were there, I'm sorry, from, uh, from, the, from all of college football, all, all the, the conference commissioners were there, and I was interviewing them, I got some that said 
the conference, the, 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 the heads of the conferences need to come up with rules. And I got the other half saying the government needs to come up with rules. They can't even all get on the same page on who's going to make mm. the rules. And don't even, don't even mention NCAA. They're not going to do shit. They ran from this so fast, they're not getting involved in any of this. So who to Jack can say all this and, and we're going, oh God, our, our guy is saying this, but it all comes back around again to who's making the rules? How is it ever anything ever going to get stamped with a seal of approval that everybody is going to agree well, with? Well, that's why they want this out there because I think what the goal is in this argument Brandon, you talked about, is this money coming out of their pockets? No, but again, and I'm, I, I don't want to act like it was all Bamani, but I do think that argument that this isn't enough is what the NCAA now sees as the next existential threat for them. And when I say the NCAA, I mean the member institutions. I mean the schools saying, oh, this could be coming out of our pocket soon. Because we saw the Supreme Court voted 9 nothing against them in the last time that we saw this held up to the light in public. You got Democrats and Republicans in that court to agree that what the NCAA has done is kind of foobar. And so that becomes the difficult part and why they're looking at Congress and saying, we need you to help because right now, Dad, you're right. The NCAA is not in a position to really do anything that's helpful in this spot what i think ultimately this comes down to is brandon what you brought up about if you're going to look at this through the lens through our alma mater this request is asking people to try and do business more like we used to in a way that i think for a lot of schools would be hard for them you're asking people mm -hmm. to do something that's potentially less lucrative and a little bit more difficult. And yeah. I would struggle to see a lot of these people willing to start going backwards. Because again, the rest of the asks in this op-ed, Jack Swarbrick said they were calling on, like we said, the NCAA or the athletic conferences to create that medical trust. He called on professional athletics to play a role also, bringing up this idea that in baseball and hockey, you allow players to go pro right after high school. He called upon the NBA to get done with the one and done rule yeah. so that players in that sport would be coming to college, making the decision that, hey, we're going to do the student athlete model in their mind. He called right. on the NFL to establish a minor league alternative for young players. And so he's calling on a lot of people to basically step up and say, let's get the toothpaste back into the tube. And I don't think for so many of these people that have made money hand over fist doing it the other way, Jack cited the value of education, talked about what the Notre Dame degree meant for so many of these players, talked about, you know, the you know we've heard these economic, uh, the economist uh, figures about what the value of a degree is. But we've also seen time and time again that, well, yes, Notre Dame, certain other schools do actually live out and serve that academic mission, do give you the tools to have a degree that's going to mean something. Yeah. We see plenty of other places where you've got shadow curriculums, where you've got guys being forced through the system just so that they right. can go and give you the athletic fruits that the department benefits from, that everyone else on campus benefits from, but not giving you the time or tools to actually maximize the degree and get that reported value out of it. And so... Getting all of these other schools to agree to do that, to say we are going to reinvigorate our commitment to this academic mission in a way that might subvert our efforts on the athletic field, to me does not seem like an ask that I feel like a lot of these other people would go along with. And it's, it's easy, why not? Because winning brings in money. I right. mean, and that's what all these schools live on. So that's not going to happen. And in all honesty, I don't, you could ask the NFL, it is not the NFL's responsibility. To, it, it just like when, um, 
who was Steve Spurrier was asked about, or I think somebody asked about uh, a coach in college asked him to a quarterback. Is it your responsibility to get him prepared for the NFL? Hell no. It's his responsibility mm-hmm. to get that quarterback to win his games for his college team. And if that right. gets him ready for the NFL, so be it. It is not the NFL's job to create a minor league. Would I love to see it? We got the USFL. We have the XFL. Could those eventually, the NFL had their own in NFL Europe. But it's not, it's not their job to say, we need to do this for colleges that's never going to happen. The NFL is going to do what's right for the NFL, and college sports and colleges and universities need to do what's right for them. You can't ask one or the other to do this to help us out. It's that's, not going to happen. And that's another great reason. I think it, it, it speaks to, again, the center of all this is you're asking other people to go outside of what's been really financially helpful yeah. for them, really beneficial. The system has worked for ev- like that's that's the core of what we're talking about. This system has worked for everybody around the players. It's worked really well and made a lot of people a lot yeah. of money for a long time. We can look at college basketball right now for what minor leagues, viable other options, the G League Ignite, right. yeah. the Overtime right. League, what that can potentially do. There's value in that. Players can make the choice to go do that. Go overseas and play. Yeah, they've they've had options there, but we've still seen plenty of these same things pop up in college basketball. FBI probes, Mm -hmm. money under the table for a long time through shoe companies, now just happening over the table the way that we've talked about. And you still have, I think, a lot of the same questions to grapple with. Because even if you had those minor leagues you've still got the added exposure that comes with the known commodities in college sports. It's the Zion Williamson conversation of, yes, he was going to be famous wherever he went because he was a sensation, but the Duke brand certainly helped. Getting to all those big moments and having Zion cam when he was at that level certainly helped drive up the mania around this dude. And so I think that portion of it, like we've seen some of what Jack Swarbrick is talking about here play out in basketball and is one of the eventualities that potentially comes with that. Problem we talked about with basketball this year. Hey, a lot of the really good guys we're talking about in the draft aren't playing college hoops right now. And for the majority of the college basketball season, you saw maybe a bit of a lull in interest from the national level, a bit of a dip in all that. All of a sudden, if the really good players around football weren't coming, and now all of a sudden the product weakened, would it ever get to a point where it threatened your money? And I think that's the one thing to always keep in mind is I feel like the majority of people making these decisions would be worried about the threat to their cash and as much as anything in this situation. But are we not... Are we not? I feel like it's like the the part that not not being said out loud. What if the product continues to get better because of the involvement of money and cash flow and capital and investments at a very early age? Like like I feel like the product on the field and on the court, there's potential to make more money now for everyone. There is. There absolutely is. But we've also seen changes uncomfortable for everybody involved. And we saw that in the early going for the uh, for NIL money coming out, for the transfer portal. Universities were clearly uncomfortable with the lack of control they had in this situation after decades of having a lot of control. And what the conversation about this now presents is the slope to even less control for them. In some ways, I think more, but also financially a little more on their plate. The irony of all this is, I think if Jack Swarbrick, and the, I won't, I, I don't want to continue to single him out. Like We all have a lot of respect for Jack Swarbrick. Oh, yeah. Had Jack Swarbrick on this podcast, I think he speaks for a lot of other people. If this had been presented by the powers in college sports a year before all of the NIL rules went into effect at the state level, 
feel like there's a good chance they might have gotten some yeses on what they were throwing out here. Because for a long time, the NCAA was really good at staying ahead of the big pay-for-play right. problem in their minds, right? Kemba Walker, or, uh, Shabazz Napier comes out at UConn, says we're going to bed hungry. Yep. All those rules and restrictions about food change almost the next year. Change yep. pretty much immediately because they were good at giving ground to avoid having the ultimate mm -hmm. conversation. And this was the place where they ended up faltering. But, but this, this NIL and, and this eventually was coming at them like an avalanche and they got out of the way. They just jumped out of the way. Because... We're almost two years, two years in July, we're in NIL. And let me ask both of you, it's rhetorical because I guess it's not rhetorical. I guess you could have an opinion on it. Is the game worse? No, nope. no, no, it's no. not. The game is not worse. And you know what? The next TV contracts aren't, you know, we just saw what Fox did. And oh, by the way, in the deal for the, for the, for the Big Ten with Fox, can change if Notre Dame jumps into the Big Ten. So all you Notre Dame haters out there, Notre Dame didn't didn't you know say we're not doing anything unless you include us. They were included. They're they're included in this True. stuff. We don't just swing a hammer and say give it to us and they give it to us. It doesn't work that way. So NIL has not hurt sports. So let's look at it from the other side, from the fans that watch and the TV networks that pay. This has not affected the sport one. Bit. It's no. made it tougher for no. coaches, and it's made it tougher for universities. And there's part of me that says, tough shit. That's the way it goes. Because you know what? You're still making your money because you ain't paying these kids. Do you have to deal with a, right. a large portal and all that? Yeah. So what? You're still all swimming in money right now. You can pay the coaches whatever you want, and the car dealership down the street can pay your student athlete, and everybody's still watching, and everybody's still showing up to the games as far as I'm concerned. So all is fine by me. Well, that, I, that's my biggest issue with this from him right now, this op-ed. That ship has sailed, and it seems very get off my lawn at this point in time, and especially for a university who has a contract to show all of the football games with one of the big four, like with NBC. And also, once our rights are up, NBC is going to be scrambling to make sure they match whatever number, just like Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Like It's very odd for me for this argument to be coming from a place where we don't have these issues the same way everyone else does. But again, that's why I'm saying it's not just him speaking for the universe. Like this isn't Jack Swarbrick speaking for Notre Dame. It's for all of college. This is yeah. this is a man who again has a very big presence in the world of college it's athletics. It's Sankey, right? I mean, it's yeah. Greg Sankey. I mean, yeah. that that's that's what it is. I it's, mean, without question. But Dad, you hit the nail on the head. None of this has made the product that people like worse. And I feel like that's the thing we constantly get told about money coming into the sport is it's going to ruin this thing you love. That's happening on the television dollars level. That's happening on the conference realignment level. Like I, I always want to make sure we keep the main thing the main thing. Yes, this absolutely presents challenges. But ultimately, if there are things that people don't like about the direction that sports are going at the collegiate level, it's because these conferences and because these television partners have decided this is how the sport's going to look because it makes us the most money. Period. End of sentence. That's it. at least how I view this. So this is, a, a, again, I think just part of this ongoing discussion about college legend, you know, trying to get Congress 
to come in and step in the way that we've heard from member institutions in the NCAA. They have wanted to since day one, and they're still waiting for that to happen. They might keep on waiting for that to happen, but this is just the latest kind of rebuffing of an argument that we've heard time and time again between people on opposing sides of this. Uh, whew, that was a lot. Yeah, that was a lot. There's a lot going That's on. That's a lot man. of serious stuff, too. That, that yeah. Kind of, you know, I can only take so much of that. Yep, exactly. So, uh, in that regard, <laughs> why don't we make sure that we update the uh, Some Shining Moments bracket that we had going on here and then get to finishing this off with this, that, and the third. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Uh, some shining moments for anyone that has not been around here unaware we seeded 32 of the biggest moments from last year we put them into a bracket ncaa march madness style and we had you the people vote on them democracy prevailing to try and find out what the biggest moment was from march of last year to march of this year and we finally got to the sweet 16 and I will read off the votes from yesterday oh, before we miss. before we finish out what we've got in the other half of the Sweet 16. In yesterday's voting, we had the sports region and the music region, Dad. Okay. One, one of those, the sports region, you were here for last yes, time. Was. The Sweet 16 matchups were as follows. The eight seed Aaron Judge home run race against the three seed Kelsey Brothers. Gotta be in the, the Sweet Kelsey 16. Brothers. Kelsey Brothers won with 62%. They are moving on to the Elite okay. Eight. No surprise there. Yes. Sweet 16 matchup between the World Cup Final and Brock Purdy. Despite a bunch of effort from 49ers fans, yeah. the World Cup finer moves on with 55% of that as vote. As it should. Deservedly so. Yeah. 55. 55%. That's crazy. Uh, the music side, Sweet 16. The eight seed, Wednesday Adams dance viral sensation <laughs> going up against the Rihanna Super Bowl halftime show pregnancy announcement extravaganza. Bad girl Riri moving on. Three seed, fifty-three percent of the vote. Right there on the sideline watching that halftime. Yeah, show. I can say you had a front and center view oh, of that. that. Last two of them, man, they were fantastic. Yeah, I yeah. say, Dad, Dad was out there. Him and ASAP Rocky both taking video on their iPads, watching, yeah. just sending it back to everyone else in the masses, <laughs> screaming. Like me at Taylor Swift <laughs> this weekend. Oh God. Oh my God, my shirt's gonna come off pretty oh, early in that oh, concert. God. I can't wait. Uh, and the final one, biggest moment, uh, Taylor Hawkins tribute and his son, Oliver Shane Hawkins, playing with the Foo Fighters at a tribute concert uh, for their fallen band member. Yeah, it was incredible. Going up against the seven seed, Corn Kid. Corn Kid had a great run, yeah. upset Beyonce. Yeah. Taylor Hawkins tribute moving on with 58% of the vote. Okay. So that's what we had for yesterday's. Coming up today in the voting that will be attached to this podcast came from the chalky side of the bracket, the West and the South region as the Sweet 16 gets going here. We've got the one seed Elon Musk, who we will get to in this, that, and the third, hmm. going buying Twitter, going up against Pete Davidson's dating roster from the last year in one matchup. That's the one three matchup. In the two four matchup, we've got ChatGPT AI uh, going up against Queen Elizabeth, the loss of Queen Elizabeth wow. uh, this past Boy, year. Boy, that was all chalk, huh? Two versus wow, four matchup. Wow, yeah. Everyone on this side of the bracket was chalk. We look at the uh, movies and television portion in the South region, the one seed slap from the Oscars, yep. going up against Kate Bush running up that hill from Stranger Things, the song from the 80s that ended oh, up charting again because yeah, of Stranger yeah, Things. Yeah, yeah, okay. That's the matchup there, slap the heavy favorite. Yeah, oh, big time, yeah. And uh, the four seed, 
Don't Worry Darling movie drama going up against the two seed, Top Gun Maverick, in mm. the final matchup of the Sweet mm. 16. Mm. Top Gun Maverick was, I think, the widest margin of victory yeah, in the first I mean, round, and I'd expect yeah. that to continue yeah, I, here. I, I would think that would, too. So those will all be attached to the voting on the Gojo Twitter account uh, with today's podcast as you are listening to it. Do you see Jamel Hill tweeted yesterday, Tom Cruise may have a case to be the best actor of actor all time. Actor of all time, I know. <laughs> I, and I'm I'm not a monster Tom Cruise fan, but the dude no. makes some action films. I'll tell you that much. Man, I, I have kings. a tough time though. Kings. I have a tough time though when he's in movies where he's kicking the crap out of people because he's just he's like a foot tall. Yeah, you know yeah. I I, I, I have yeah. a tougher time with that. Listen, as we learned from the Isaiah Noels of the world, that's sometimes true. they can't measure your heart, Dad. Yeah. No, you know who I true. learned that hey, from? That's true. Marquise. Oh, fine. what did I say? Isaiah. Because uh, I was going to say, he at the at the post game, you know, he gave it up to. Well, no, no, I'm saying Isaiah Noel. He gave it up to God in the in that uh, in that post game, and Tom Cruise may be getting up to Scientology. We don't know what L. Ron Hubbard is pumping him. Is with, he still in the Scientology? Is he still in that? Is that even That's still a thing anymore? I don't even Come know. Come on now, don't, don't do clear water, Florida, like that. No, yeah. no, no. I'm just asking the question. I, I didn't declare war on it, Mike. God, oh, yeah, but uh, yeah, correction, Marquise Noel, Marquise yes. Isaiah Thomas was on the sideline at that game, right. yes. taking in the yes. matchup, set the record. Hence my brain fart there. So mistakes will be made. Apologies to the new short king of college basketball, Brandon, oh, my friend. Do you know what time it is? Oh. See, I didn't know your dad was going to be here for this, so you know, bear with me. Situation. Will arise in our lives, but you gotta be smart about it. Celebrations with the guys I sacrificed, cause I knew you could not sleep without it. Meanwhile, I love you, the standard third. See, I of you but you're still steady leaving you don't have to come it's okay girl damn it i missed okay your dad messed me up because i'm gonna be all right tonight you don't have to come it's that end of damn i'm gonna be all listen i'm i'm blaming I'm blaming your dad. I can't right. believe this happened. I'm sitting here doing nothing. I'm getting blamed. I, yeah. Did you I, mean I, to sing that in a low, whispery voice? You, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened because you messed up my plan. You messed up my plan. Wow. How's I was going to go in. I, I just hey, listen. No, I thank you. My friend. I thank you. This is from a good friend of mine way, way back in the day. Instead of pointing a finger, pull the thumb. Okay? Okay. All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Thank you for thank you for that. All right, mm-hmm. listen. Thank you for making our episode. I'm sorry for everyone who's expecting something good. Yeah, because that wasn't blame, it. Blame our star. <laughs> if you agree with my father, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review, Gojo. Leave us a five-star rating and tell Brandon whether or not you think wow. he did a good job. We will, once again, support democracy on that show and leave it up to the people. Uh, let's get to this, that, and the third. Three quick ones to end the day on here. Uh, former Cowboys running back Zeke Elliott has apparently narrowed down his list of teams that he would like to play for to the Philadelphia Eagles, the New York Jets, and the Cincinnati Bengals, according to Adam Schefter. Now, I saw conflicting reports saying that the Eagles haven't had any contact with Zeke yet, but I will say 
Zeke Elliott and his murdered out black visor would look phenomenal in those black Eagles uniforms and seeing him go across the division would and, be and by the way you know next year if Philly's going back to the Kelly Green the ones I wore oh yeah, yeah. Oh. gotta see that I, I do feel like with the Jets though because the way they just got uh, McCall Hartman I can't I feel like I well the Jets also have Brees Hall remember who was good well, to be saying, the offensive rookie of the year until they got hurt and I think Zeke is he. It's he no longer thinks of himself as RB one probably because of last year with Tony Pollard. He better not he needs because to share not. the load. Yeah, he need. He can only be part of a multiple backfield now. And I think for a lot of people, you know, you look at the situation in Philadelphia. They just brought Rashad Penny over right. from Seattle, their mm. former top draft pick. Um, if you look at the situation in. Um, Cincinnati. Cincinnati. They would obviously have him be second fiddle yeah. there as well. Yeah, so with mix in there, yeah. Mm. He also said he would probably Airman. be wearing a different number. He said he wants the number fifteen back that he wore at Ohio State. So a newer Zeke Elliott in that backup role that we saw him kind of slip into behind Tony Pollard. Oh, last which, year. As, as he should have. We all yeah. called that at the beginning of the year that Pollard should have got more carries, and Pollard's the number one guy. I hope if he goes back to fifteen, he wears it like he wore at Ohio State and shows the midriff. Yep. Yeah, got to uh-huh. a little bit, a little bit more cereal. I know you, I know uh, behind you can't those do abs that now, NFL, but you know you'll get fine. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true too. Yeah, you know what? He's got the money. Yeah, he does. Make it happen. Yeah. So Jets would be pretty cool too. Again, same combination of black yeah. and green in the jerseys that would look really good. That backfield too. Having a veteran like him with a young guy yeah. like Brees yeah. Hall could be a pretty interesting combo, especially if you end up all in on the right. Aaron Rodgers train. Veterans at a mm-hmm. price that you'll probably be able to get Zeke at going to end up being a premium there. So we'll wait and see on the results on that one. Let's get to that. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly, Tilly cake and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Tom Brady, back in professional sports as the minority owner of the Las Vegas Aces. He joins um, that ownership group with one of the two super teams in the NBA between them and the New York Liberty right, right. now. Tom talked about you know growing up in a household where his older sisters yep. were always the athletes that he looked up to, wanting to go and be a part of this. Mark Davis has really made this one of the it teams in the WNBA, signing Becky Hammond to be right. the first uh, WNBA head coach to make over a million dollars. All these different things for a team that is now the defending champions. Well, that, that's what you see now. These players, the, the ones like Tom, and there, there ain't many like Tom, but the ones, and he didn't even right. make some of the money some of these other guys that are going to come out. They're not into coaching, man. They're, they're into owning. <laughs> they, they want partial ownership. I mean, look at look at Jordan. Jordan is what what's what made, made a oh, 10x on his investment with the Hornets. I mean, that's what these guys now. want. Yeah, he's about, to se- he's about to sell it for 10 times what he bought it for. I think the number was $175 million in 2010, and he's getting ready to sell his ownership stake for about $1.75 billion yeah. now. Yeah, so that's what these guys do, man. They go with ownership. They, they're like, screw coaching. That's too much time. I'll just be an owner sitting in the box. I, he's just such a I, – I, every time I see Tom Brady speaking to a camera, I just think, you cheeky bastard. And I and I wanted to say that, but I had to look up what it meant just in case. Okay, y'all ready? <laughs> A playful insult, <laughs> a playful insult against someone who has wronged you but performed no genuine damage. So I think that's, that's how, Tom how Brady for a lot of people. You? How has he wronged you? 
He was just worried it was some sort of like real slight. Yeah. I know exactly how Brandon. No, he felt. has wronged me. Oh. He's, he's Tom Brady. I mean, he's. Like, well, I know, he's, but you checked for Chicky because you didn't fans. want it to be like an offensive term, right? Yeah, I did. I didn't. I didn't want. I didn't want to. I don't want to actually just like completely shit on right, him when right, I was just yeah. really just trying to be cheeky. Same thing happened to me the first time I called the hot dog contest when our old producer Cliff tried to tell me to say the word glizzy, and I was trying to make sure that it was yes. not a word uh, that a white person should be saying. Yeah. I was really worried. I was yeah. going to like broach into waters I didn't understand. Not yet fully understanding that now glizzy has become like pervasive slang for a hot dog. Yes, so has, very yeah. excited, but it, I did a lot of googling on that one to make sure that I wasn't going to say anything I shouldn't. You found out being up there in New York that it also is a synonym for a gun. Did you come across that in your glizzy? No, I didn't because I thought it was DC slang. I thought glizzy was originally some DC stuff talking about hot dogs. That's what I heard. It was a DMV thing. Yeah, well, I, I just know glizzy in New York also means you got the strap on you. So I just uh, stick with hot dog, yeah. and I'm pretty safe. Yeah, it's all that's also fair. Tom Weenie. Brady, by the way, uh, following the LeBron James model of wanting to be a part of a basketball team in Las Vegas. So right. a couple yes. of guys with an understanding that right. hey, I can be with the really good team that also is in a pretty desirable place yep. to be, especially if you're Tom Brady and you're single now Very going true. out to Vegas. Very it's, it's, true. It's just a matter of time before the NBA starts a franchise in Vegas, right? I mean, LeBron's trying to speak it into existence. So, as we've seen with him, pretty much everything else he wants, yeah, he gets. I, I would think so. Yeah. I mean, it, the, yeah. the Golden Knights broke the mold. So, you know, now get yeah. get all four there. We got two. Money in the bank. So, congratulations to the Aces, Tom Brady. Uh, continuing to see that franchise have a lot of good things happen to it, uh, which isn't surprising. Let's get to the third. Um, this one's for the tweeters in the world. Dad, they're getting ready to rip our blue check marks away. Uh, yeah, how long have we heard this? Is it actually going to happen? And oh, by the way, I don't give a shit. Also fair, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Twitter put out a notice that said on April 1st, they are going to start to roll back what they called the legacy blue check marks. Basically, the people mm. that got verified for actually wanting to not be imitated because they were public figures right, right. or you know an official account of something they're going to start rolling those away and only the people that play for t pay for twitter blue are going to get those shiny blue check marks it's about 84 dollars a year and i can tell you straight up if i have a blue check mark after all this it ain't because i paid for it because nope. i promise you i'm not giving elon musk or any of those people at twitter 84 dollars to have some weird validation the amount that. of people that will be able to afford it that will say uh-uh not happening there's there's Two of us sitting right here. It's just it's it's not going to happen. Will there be anybody that gets floated? Is there anybody that's big enough in Twitter world where Elon will say, "Yeah, you keep your blue check mark. You don't have to pay." So there's a lot of people that think, based mm. on what we've seen from Twitter to begin with, that a situation like that might pop up. And in the past, we've seen they've rolled out some policy idea, and then people have criticized it, and like one big notable name has stepped up. And then he immediately says, oh, okay, we're not going to do that anymore. So we need to call upon Adam Schefter, Adrian Wojnarowski, Jeff Passan, the insiders. Because that's where the chaos would be for us in the sports world. Right. We're heading into draft season and the end of free agency. A darn Schefter coming out here and tweeting about Lamar Jackson and Ken Francis and some other made-up names yep. that we wouldn't know are real? That's chaos. We need the insiders. I would agree. Up. But I also want to know if The Rock is going to pay 8 bucks a, a month. Oh, Let's do this. Ooh. Mike, you and your family are running headfirst into Taylor Swiftland, who has the most followers on Twitter, sitting at 92.4 million followers. Did she like, really so have the most? She has the most. I, I 
unless unless they lying to me. Well, I mean, Eli and, 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 and that, Tr- but. Trump, Trump's Trump's right below her, so it's it's kind of it's definitely believable. And Lady Gaga is sitting at number uh, at number four. So, so anyways, I say I, that to say, I, is Donald Trump paying eight dollars a month? Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying if if Taylor Swift puts up a stink about getting her her Twitter verification taken away, Elon is going to listen to that. He's going to smell all of it. That is true. We, we need the big people to step up, right? Oh. We need them all to, to confront Elon. The Swifties, Beyonce's fans, yeah. Rihanna's fans. Okay, okay, fans. okay. Let me back If that. we bring Let them all to get what? Uh-oh. What'd you screw up? Taylor Swift is middle of the pack of the 10. Okay. okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. I just be, Barack Obama's sitting at number one with Ooh. 133 million. Oh, he's okay. got more than he's Elon. He's got more than Elon. I think Elon's yes, at like Yes, yes, right, right above like Elon. It, it, it goes Brock, Elon, Justin Bieber, Katy Perry, Rihanna, Chris, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, Taylor Swift, Donald Trump. I don't know who this person is, so I'm going to skip the name. Lady Gaga in, in YouTube. So we need I the top 10, things. 20, 30 of them all to just stand up and say, hell no, we won't pay. I like the idea of that whole group of people. Do you guys remember in the pandemic when all those actors did that Imagine video where they were all oh, singing yeah, that yes, song? Yes. What if we got all of <laughs> yes. the highest Twitter followed people to uh, recreate that, that song? That would be awesome. Pleading Elon Musk not to do this for the sake of oh, our man. not because we need the validation. No, no. For the sake of our sanity no. and knowing yeah. who the accounts are that we can actually that, trust. That would be very cool. That was gonna be interesting to me, because we'll find out, damn it. Is he gonna let some people slide? And how far does a line go down to letting people slide to not pay their eight bucks a month? Oh man, it's gonna be uh it's gonna be some wild stuff. Not nearly as wild as your weekend, Dad. I'm yeah. gonna be taking my shirt off at Taylor Swift <clears throat> this weekend. Getting wild. if you guys see me Monday. It is by the grace of God alone because I'm going Taylor Swift Friday night in Vegas <laughs> and bachelor party in New Orleans Saturday night with a bunch of my high school buddies. I may not survive. You got to watch Baby all weekend. Though. I do. I do. So Mike and, and my wife, Mike's mom, Chris, and my daughter, Sydney, and my son, Jake, and his wife, Jenny, are all going to Vegas to see uh, Taylor Swift. Mike, by far the biggest fan, and there's no doubt he'll take his shirt off. And me and Ben, uh, Sydney's husband, Ben, who played with the Bears and is now in med school, he is going to come over and hang out with me all day Friday, all day Saturday. So it's going to be two guys, five dogs, and a baby, a nine-month-old baby. Ooh, that's that a sitcom. Is, that is going to be awesome. Yeah. That baby, let me just tell you right now, will have his first beer. Yeah. <laughs> Baby's gonna learn. I'll to, say this. He's gonna learn to walk and then learn to stumble at the yeah, same he is. weekend. That's exactly right. Mike and I were talking about this off air, so I talked to my wife about it, and she's like, "Wait a minute, wait a minute. No mothers are going to be <laughs> be around." I said, "No, no. It's just." Uh, and and I'm fully confident in this. By the way, oh, you. His, his name is Jackson. He's nine months. He's a great kid. I did it three times. I mean, gee, come on, seriously. Are you a little worried about the rest versus rust debate here showing up? No, because I before mm. I came on here, I was in there feeding that kid oatmeal and, and Hawaiian delight and a little bit of turkey all mashed up. I'm a, I'm a God feeder. I can change. I'm a king swaddler uh, as well. When he is, a, he is younger a renowned swaddler. And needed to be swaddled when they're younger. But I can feed. I can bathe. I can burp. I can do all. I, I have no you issues at all. Ben and Sydney eventually at some point, I'm sure in their lives, will have kids. So Ben said he wants to come over and kind of watch, you know, oh, how the process okay. works. So like he gets the first shitty diaper to change, that's for sure. Yeah, and at that age too You've got a poo. Is Jackson dropping any Boom. 
Is Jackson dropping any solid turds at this point? Oh, I thought you said he's dropping any f bombs. I'm like, he's nine months old. <laughs> no, Brandon. I mean, my God, of course I mean, not. Kid a chance. I'm asking about the poop. Oh yeah, it's, it's oh solid. yeah. Uh, they're, okay, they're okay, still, okay. they're still. I think you know, he pooped a perfect orb the other day. Yeah, I, I think Jenny, yeah. his his mother, my my daughter in law, said he perp- pooped a golf ball the other day. Uh, yeah, that's it's a fun. That's all, those cleanups. I'm only mentioning it because those cleanups are a little bit more manageable yeah, for they newbies. Are. They, they definitely yeah. are. But I, I'm looking forward yeah. to it. You know, he seems to sleep well through the night, and I'm sure the night I have him, he'll wake up in the middle of the night, but oh, so be yeah. it. You know, and then the five dogs all will be all over the place. So it'll, it'll be fun. While you're screaming and hammered at Taylor Swift and then fly right to New Orleans for a bachelor party, my God, you and for t- Guess who's going to be doing this show, you know, at the beginning of the week? <laughs> she, I, I already see that one coming. I love it. And you're, you're a saint for just... I, me and your Mike, Mike and I talked about how you don't never have FOMO. Like you're not thinking about that Taylor Swift concert at all. Just so yeah, I'm that thinking time about how lucky I am not going. I mean, and this is nothing yeah. against Taylor Swift. Listen, she's fantastic, but you got to get there the two hours before the concert starts, and she puts on a three hour concert. I I like her music. I don't love it enough to sit through that much. Just unless I'm just completely hammered. So that that's yeah. just not happening. Yeah, exactly. We've got Taylor Swift dominating SEC play here yeah. heading into the weekend. So full <laughs> review coming Monday. Uh, mute my social media if this is not content you're looking for because it's going to be hell on earth for you. But in the meantime, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review, Gojo. Leave us a five-star rating and a review. Also, check out Golik and Smetty wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you do the same. You can check out both of these fine shows on the DraftKings YouTube channel. Subscribe. Check out their tabs under there. Hit like on all those videos. Maybe leave some comments in there, too. That's a fun thing to do. Dad, thank you. Brandon, thank you. Good night, horse. We'll talk to you Good again luck, Monday. sir. Boom. Money in the bank. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.